Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11. Hey, this is Zach just interrupting Zach for a moment to say I messed up. I keep saying that this is episode 11, but it's actually episode 12. Thanks, back to Zach. ...of Kingdom Hearts and other stuff, or Chaos for short, where the guest brings the topic and I tie it into Kingdom Hearts and maybe convince them to give the series a try. I'm your host, Zach Lyons, and my guest for today is Super Nerd Pals and Left for Dread co-host, Chris Sampson. Hey yo! Hello, 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 hello. Zach, it's, it's been so long. I love this show. I'm honored to be <laughs> well, thank on you. here. This is this is amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are you are SNP host number two, following Andy. So eventually, <laughs> no, I'll but need there's, to have... there's Ryan. I mean, no, no, well, I mean, yeah. Well, how no, it is no, nowadays? I mean, to be to be I've on been, the show, I mean. Yeah, I mean, how it has been nowadays? I've been so crazy busy with work. So Ryan and Andy have been doing S and P together. Um, sure. I, I'm, I do left for dread, which is a horror podcast, uh, with Ryan, uh, also released bi-weekly. I'm really hoping I can get like a normal sane work schedule so I can get back to S and P cause I really miss it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think if you count the number of episodes that have all four of you on it, uh, you can count it on one hand. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually uh, used yeah. to be usually three of you nowadays. It's usually two of you just cause things are so crazy with schedules. I know. That, I mean, that said, it's it's good to have several hosts. I think for that reason. Yes, backups uh, so upon backups. Backups of, with yeah, hosts. Exactly. Backups with audio equipment. It's, yep. it's yes. Always have a backup plan. So, uh, but, um, how, how? Yeah. So that, uh, other than that, things have been good. Um, this week, uh, I'm gonna go. Or actually, tomorrow. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Uh, tomorrow morning, I leave to go to New York uh, for New York Comic Con. I'm working. Yep. Um, for a comic book company uh, at their booth, and I'm gonna see the rest of the SP crew. It's gonna be great. Very good, very good. Mm-hmm. And maybe you guys will be able to do a live recording there. Or, oh, we're, you know, we're hoping to. We're, we're, we're gonna yeah. try to do an SP Left for Dread crossover on Sunday. Oh, awesome. Evening. So, uh, uh, anyway, let's let's uh, get into this. How mm-hmm. familiar are you with the Kingdom Hearts series? So, I'm nowhere near an expert compared to you and. Uh, Andy and Stan, I've actually played very, very little of Kingdom Hearts because, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, it was a combination of like in terms of the video games in our household. Um, my brother always got the video games, and I kind of just like secondhand played them, or a lot of times I, I would watch. So right. I didn't actually own my own system until um, like right when like the PS2 ended and like the PS3 started. It's like Again, was, was like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got I inherited the PS2, and my bro got the PS3, and a lot of the games I ended up playing I played because my brother got them. So Kingdom Hearts sure. is one of those games that just never came onto both our radars. Um, right. And I heard word about it like from some friends, and I it's it's weird. Like I think when I first heard about Kingdom Hearts. I was one of those people who was like, what, Disney and Square Enix? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because I love, I love Square. I love Final Fantasy. But I guess I, I came, I, uh, in hindsight, I came to the realization, like, much of my childhood and adolescence, like, I didn't, I guess I wasn't really aware of how uh, monumental Disney fit. I mean, that, that sounds really silly. But, like, at the, in the back of the day, like, I wasn't as crazy about Disney movies. Um, well, that's fair. Like other not were. every kid likes Disney. It's just a, it's a big thing, but it doesn't mean everyone likes it or everyone has to like it. So that's fair. 
Yeah, yeah, like, back in the day, it's like, oh, yeah, I was addicted to, like, Toonami and Dragon Ball. But yeah, hey, anime. on the same side, it's also weird, because Kingdom Hearts is very anime. So, <laughs> it was and it's con- <laughs> increasingly anime with every title. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, it was this weird conflict of factors where, like, it just wasn't on my radar, or I just heard about it, and then I had, like, a passing thought, and then it just escaped my radar for, like, a very long time. And then the next time I actually saw it being played was i worked at a boy scout summer camp so i think this mm-hmm. was 2005 2006 okay. um yep. and i don't i don't know if like 2000 that was wait when did kingdom hearts come out kingdom hearts one came out in north america in 2002 okay so yeah kingdom, kingdom, yeah, kingdom hearts 2, 2 already came out we were uh, all the staffers were living in one of the cabins and one of them brought uh, a copy of kingdom hearts in their playstation and uh, he was he was playing through it and he was showing a bunch of the guys oh hey look i'm gonna try to beat sephiroth like what what is this it's like kingdom hearts it's like oh (laughs) um so i literally only played like that maybe like the first hour like the of that tutorial the first game where like you're going through the stained glass platforms yeah yeah um and that's that's pretty much in terms of the game side, but I've absorbed Kingdom Hearts through periphery sources like Monty Ohm's Dead Fantasy YouTube series, where oh, it has yeah, like yeah. the most he badass. Had Kyrie, didn't he? Yeah, it has like the most badass version of Kyrie ever. And I wish I wish she was canon because apparently, like from what I hear <laughs> from from podcasts and stuff, like Kingdom Hearts doesn't really treat Kyrie that well in terms of. Nope. Like, giving her stuff to do and yeah she's usually a a pawn being passed around yeah and then in dead fantasy the idea of importance without actually making her important yeah i mean she's like super super important in the first one and like but she's not there for most of the time right she's like she's an important heart and yeah like she's an empty vessel for over half the game yeah and then fast track to this year um ever since zach's launched the show i've been on we've been having like a pm ongoing pm chat where like whenever i i find out something new for kingdom hearts that he could talk about for the show i like i spam and i spam him yeah yeah, yeah you sure so do I, <laughs> and so i've been listening to two kingdom hearts podcasts uh, kingdom smarts which is mm-hmm. which i that. greatly it's oh it's so good i greatly enjoy this because it, basically there's shannon and jake shannon is like this op uh kingdom hearts died in the cloth wool fan and jake has never played in his life and that's 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 my that's my jam i i'm i'm going through this 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 wild ride with with jake and they go through uh what <laughs> you go through every single kingdom hearts, kingdom hearts game or like the plot in 30 minute episodes so yeah, uh, they're in Kingdom Hearts two right now, and actually, I think a new episode just dropped yesterday or today. And then the other one where we'll talk about it a lot more in depth is Interstitial, which is a actual play podcast based on a Kingdom Hearts inspired tabletop RPG. And I'm um I like three quarters of the way done with season one, and it's so good. Ugh. so that's that's all the Kingdom Hearts things I could think of. So so just to recap. What have you played? Your extent of playing Kingdom Hearts is it just like that first hour of Kingdom Hearts one? Basically, and like I okay. tried out, I tried being or I tried fighting Sephiroth. It's like, well, yeah, this sure. is hard. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah, I'm gonna play a tutorial and then Sephiroth. Yeah, but at least so. you played the tutorial. 
Uh, so I mean, based I don't have that, an excuse because like PS4 has oh. all the the collections. Um, also, no, I mean, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you have time to play yeah. them. I know you're a busy guy with a busy schedule. Yeah, like story of my life. So I mean, so how, probably how safe do you to feel say, about like consume, like? I mean, I would like to marathon it, especially before yep. Kingdom Hearts three. But I really don't oh, know. That would be an undertaking. Yeah, it would be a really huge undertaking. Like I hear like horrible things about chain of memories with the card system as like i i people I like i like video games about a lot of the games in the series go ahead uh, go ahead sorry no 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 this is so bad about I, interrupting I think, no no go ahead go ahead no no i i'm the one that interrupted i apologize you okay know, I'll, okay I'll i get just to mine. i i just feel like i love video games but i i feel like i'm a lot of times i'm bad at them and i get frustrated easily so like if i get stuck i'm like oh and then i forget about kingdom hearts and then six months pass and then like i'm way behind and well, I tell you what, I am going to suggest something to you. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you can't play the games because it's just too much and you really want a marathon before the before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, mm-hmm. there's a series I've been watching recently. I mentioned it a couple episodes ago, but I hadn't actually watched any of it yet. I just heard about it. Okay. So I can actually say now, uh, a YouTuber by the name of Everglow, he's at youtube.com slash user slash Everglow 8444. I'll put the link in the show notes. He started a couple months ago something called Kingdom Hearts Timeline, and it's basically recapping the entire series episode by episode, and every episode is between 20 and 40 minutes. He's up to episode 73 right now. It's not like him talking about the series and saying what it's about. It's him taking cutscenes from every single Kingdom Hearts game and putting them in chronological order. So like, so the it's, first few it's, episodes, not a, it's not a let's play. It's like a... It's, it's not a let's play, like at least not that some... I've seen so far. Hmm. It's it's b- pure story, so you can get all the story. Okay. Not not an abridged version, not a summary, not his own words. This is what Kingdom Hearts is. It's like taking all the cutscenes and splicing them together in chronological order. So oh. flashbacks from uh, further along games will be put in that order. So like the first few episodes, I'm only like four or five episodes in right now, but and they're all focusing on Kingdom Hearts Key and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, back cover like the the video the hd video in 2.8 and mm-hmm. the mobile game and it's taking like the cutscenes from the mobile game and splicing them in with the uh with different parts of the hd cinematic movie on 2.8 and putting them all in order together so like you see different events in the movie than you do in the game and some of them you see that like you can kind of connect where they go together but he's going back and forth and saying this is where these happen and there are some moments oh, that you find that's... out later. Again, we're flashbacks in the story of the mobile game, and so he's splicing them in. Like there's this character Strelitzia. If you if you play the mobile game, you know who she is and you know kind of her importance. But she appears in an episode that's fairly recent in the plot, and like you get all of the backstory for her in one episode where she says, "Oh, I've been kind of watching you guys this whole time," and it goes through a montage of time through your adventure to date where she was, like, there as well on the sideline, kind of doing it too or watching over you. And one of the episodes I just watched, it had a scene where you're talk- your character is talking to a different character, and then just real quick, one of those cuts of Strelitzia walking by, and then it's gone. Like, she doesn't say anything. It's just one of those cuts that it has in a flashback. And if you've watched, if you played the game and you know who she is, you're like, oh, God, they're showing her. That's like such a small moment, but it's kind of emotional because you know who she is and what happens to her. Wow. I can't, I can't only, imagine I'm how. I'm only that far in. Wow. I'm only like in the Kingdom Hearts key 
saga so far, but and that's pretty. That's pretty early on in the chronology or chronology. Oh, that's right? early. Like, that's earliest. Yeah, that's the very first. That's the very first. There. Wow. So okay. after after the key saga, it'll move on to Birth by Sleep because that's ten years before Kingdom Hearts one. And right now, where he is it at episode thirty three is uh, three five eight over two days and Kingdom Hearts two. But okay. uh, yeah, so it's 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 an ambitious project and to think that he's like only halfway there with 73 episodes of about a half hour each like that's a big project and that that's but, like 30 minutes of polished content like and that, that yeah, I, yeah, yeah i'm just fathoming like how much hours how many hours he puts yeah. into like one episode let alone like 73 and there's what like, like 13 games in kingdom hearts um uh, 14 i don't know i lose count yeah there's about 10 ish okay depending on what you consider a quote-unquote game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like and he's not releasing them weekly there's one released a week ago one five days ago one two days ago so several episodes are going up a week so if you want to just get the story but like not a if you want to get all of the story i would highly 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 recommend kingdom hearts timeline by everglow on youtube nice well i but, will definitely check it out anyway so we've, we've been chatting now for like almost 15 minutes and we haven't even gotten to what your topic is. So the, we should probably move on. <laughs> uh, this what, is what we do when we podcast. What together. are fine. your topics? What do you want to talk about now? Okay. So I'm, I was trying to figure out like what's a nice umbrella term. So I'm going to say like Chris's not often talk about passions because we're going to talk okay. about two things that I don't really think we, like, at least I don't really talk as much on snp and other shows sure uh, or like, definitely like left for dread as well but for one i freaking love edm electronic dance music and that was like okay. the big impetus for content newsack and uh seeing if we wanted to do an episode um yeah because which is great in the past week, i needed a guest for this week and that was perfect <laughs> yeah it was yeah yes kingdom hearts provide it's great perfect timing. um so this past week uh there's some huge news where um, uh, it was announced that Skrillex and Hikaru Utada, they're doing not one, but two song collaborations for Kingdom See, Hearts I, 3. I saw that in your notes. I only know of one. Oh, well, okay, they're, well. They're doing Face My I guess, Fears. I guess uh, it's a semantic. So one, they're, they're doing a collaboration, which is mm -hmm. Face My Fears, which is yep. the official theme song. Um, yeah, it'll be but the then, official opening theme. Yes, um, but... Skrillex got first involved with Square and the and the partnership and like the the working relationship with uh, uh, Utada, uh, where he want he approached Square. He really apparently he's a huge Kingdom Hearts fan and he wanted to remix. Yep, yep. Don't think twice. Um, yes. and that's still coming out. Um, but they also decided to develop a new original song. Um, well, no, and... I think you misunderstand a bit. Uh, he did want to, or he was originally planned to remix Don't Think Twice, but then. They decided to develop the new original song instead, which is Face My Fears. Mm -hmm. And when they say Face My Fears will launch along Don't Think Twice uh, in January, that's not saying don't Face My Fears and the Skrillex mix of Don't Think Twice. That's like Don't Think Twice at all because uh, the, the Japanese version, Chikai. So that one was released in like June when Utada's recent album dropped. So the, the Japanese version is... You can find it on YouTube or anywhere, basically, or you can get the album. And the Japanese version is out, and you can listen to it. 
but we have not heard the full English version of Don't oh, Think Twice. Okay. So that, as well as Face My Fears, will both be launching on January 18th. Yes. For public. Yes. So that's uh, what that a little is. bit of a teaser before uh, the official releases of Kingdom Hearts three. I can't. Yeah, wait. I, 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 it I, makes me think. It makes me think January eighteenth is going to be the day the launch trailer drops. Yeah. So, I mean Disney Disney Square has a plan. seven days. Yeah, that's seven days before the Japanese release and eleven days before the U.S. release or global release. So, mm-hmm. seems like <sighs> a good time to drop a re- launch trailer. It. Yes, it's. I think Skrillex is a strong choice. I mean, Skrillex is such a huge name in uh, the American music scene, and he like. Uh, I don't know how much you know about EDM culture. Um, very, very but, uh, little. Okay, so, <laughs> so so I'm happy to listen to you and your thoughts on this. Uh, uh, I don't so have any, I don't have any opinion on Skrillex one way or another. Mm-hmm. I used to think, oh, this guy's overrated, but I. That was just young, immature me being stupid <laughs> because I never actually heard any of his music. Oh, so I okay. can't have an educated opinion about him. Yes. I've heard a little bit now because you've sent me a couple songs mm-hmm. in the last few days. Mm-hmm. And I'm still pretty ambivalent, you know, to be honest. I mm-hmm. don't love him, don't hate him. Okay, but that's... I think based on his background, I am really excited to see what the song sounds like because of the previous Kingdom Hearts remixes that we've heard in the in- openings, like in Kingdom Hearts 1 and uh, Birth by Sleep 0.2. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say about Skrillex, like, uh, early 2010s, uh, he was a huge figure in ushering, like, the main- mainstreamification of EDM in American music. So, I, I want to say starting, like, I want to say maybe at least, like, 2007 or 8, uh, he started do he started releasing, like, his EPs, like, Scary Monster, or, I'm sorry, oof, Scary Monsters and Sprites, and, like, he, he just brought dubstep into like the open and it was him and like young super young talents like zed at the time who was like maybe like 15 or 16 years old and squillis is a i think there's i think he, he could be a somewhat controversial figure or uh in the idiom world like similar to what your reaction is some people think some people really love him some people think he's really overrated uh part of that I think feel I think Skrillex was really responsible in pushing out or th- this wave of sun subgenre dubstep called like bro step where and there was like this attitude of oh this is uh, we were we liked it this we were hip with this scene before it blew up and there was a lot of that kind of attitude going on but I mean I, I think you like what you like and I I love Skrillex and. Uh, Skrillex has grown a lot in terms of music because, like, in his early dubstep career, it was just very intensive, like hard hitting wobbles, and and you know it's perfect for memes and uh, and like wub wub wub. Yeah, all the wub wubs. Uh, then he over the years, like he started experimenting a lot, like um, and now I I haven't actually listened to Skrillex as much lately, so I'm not quite sure what new stuff he's doing but he's definitely graduated to like producer mode so he started his own music label called osla um oh, cool. and he's yeah 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 and he's he, that's osla's been around I, I, at least three or four years already um nice. so squirrelish is paying it forward and he's uh, discovering and giving a platform for new artists and it's, it's really great and what squirrelish did what dead mass did and you know and Calvin Harris and Swedish House Mafia, like 
as of 20... 2015 is like was considered like the year of EDM because EDM was everywhere uh, on the radios yeah. and it was infused it was infusing into mainstream pop. Um, it's you don't hear it as much lately, but Skrillex is still hard at work. Like one of his actually one of the the big um, collaborators on Face My Fears uh, is Pooh Bear, and he He's helped producing it, right? Yeah, he helped produce it, and he helped produce. Oh, wait, Skrillex and Pooh Bear worked together previously to help produce one of Justin Bieber's tracks in the last couple of years, and that was like a monster huge hit. Right, um, right. I remember so, hearing about that. I think that was, uh, what do you mean? Yes, yes. And with EDM culture as a whole, I, you know, I, I, I just love it with how, you know, Disney has caught on and like, and, and you utilize it in really cool ways. So, uh, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about was, um, with Wreck-It Ralph, one of the key scenes was where, I think it was called, uh, I forget where exactly the movie was happening. But there was this huge, like, Halo-esque uh, fight scene where, like, you're a space marine or, or Oh, Florida yeah, that's in, in the Heroes Duty arcade yes. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then there's this really dope, amazing uh, techno-electro track playing in the background. And uh, it was another than Skrillex who uh, composed that. In the official soundtrack version, it, was, it wasn't the original mix, which makes me very sad. Um, it was a remix of that song called Bug Hunt right. by Noisia. Um, but still a really good track. I would just literally rewatch that scene just to hear the, the vanilla version. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Skri- yeah. And Skrillex, I know he appeared in a cameo in Wreck-It Ralph. Like, there was this one scene where they're in a, like, a sort of nightclub and then Skrillex was iconic, like, uh, shaved head, undercut. Uh, sure, sure. Is spinning the, the tables. Yes. In terms it, of other stuff, like kinda, the only... I'm sorry? No, that's okay. I was just going to say it all kind of connects because he had a track on Wreck-It Ralph, and Wreck-It Ralph's going to be a summon in Kingdom Hearts 3. It's so and good. Skrillex is doing a oh, collaborating on opening track for Kingdom Hearts 3. I know. It's it's fantastic. And, um, and his, his and like di- is literally Killers with an excerpt in it. Yes. <laughs> so, like, like he, he's part of the Xehanort army. He's part of the Xehanort army. It's 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 fantastic. Um, like that's how much so of a I applaud Disney Square is. for doing this. This is not the I first time. Like, for you know, they, they taking got Punk. doing something unexpected. I'm sorry? I'm, I applaud them just for doing something unexpected. It's like Final Fantasy and Disney was such a strange mm-hmm. mashup. And people are like, oh, Skrillex, don't do that with Kingdom Hearts 3. It'll ruin it. Like... Just don't don't expect the expected with Kingdom Hearts because you you never know what they're gonna throw at you and it almost always sticks. Yeah, and so. I and Skrillex is so talented and he's so he's shown a lot of versatility and growth and I think I think the fear is everyone assumes it'll be like super early two thousands bro step Skrillex and I sure don't, sure I I I mean I I um I mean we'll we'll. I mean, we'll get into it, but Kingdom Hearts is very... Uh, they basically have a, a lot of, like, first-party support for remixes, but... Mm. Um, and I, I feel like someone... Maybe not Skrillex, but someone will do, is, like, something more heavy. Um, but I think Disney Square really knows what works with opening themes and... Oh, and yeah, think, for sure. And I think, from the sounds of it, I think Utada and Skrillex and Pooh Bear... It seems like they had a great working relationship and chemistry... Um, so I think, I think we, the sum of the parts will make the whole greater. So I, I can't wait. Absolutely. I agree. 
so that's that was uh that was e- i just love edms so i really wanted to talk about that um, yeah no the no, other awesome. thing that i don't get to talk about as much on smp i mean we've done episodes about it but i'm a huge fan of tabletop uh, or pen and paper rpgs um, yeah and uh, i wanted to talk about that and how it could relate to kingdom hearts and well you you literally work like your job is working for someone who makes peripherals and stuff right yeah yeah so like um yeah so i used to work for a a tabletop gaming company called oh i thought you still did they they sold dice rings and counter rings Mm. uh which are basically spinner rings mashed up with dice uh so they act as a random number generator they're, they're literally dice you can spin on your finger and sure. you have like a D20 anywhere you go, or like we have all the styles, so everything from a D4 to D100. That's awesome. And then you have a counter ring, which is a, a rotating dial in ring form, so you can keep track of hit points, life score. So yeah, I worked there for like a year and a half, and that was my job, that was my life. Um, and I don't work there anymore, but I still I still like to play. I haven't been playing a lot because I have my work schedule and internship, but I've been GMing a game, uh, set. Oh, ooh, I had a brain fart. It's called Starfinder. <laughs> uh, Starfinder is amazing. It's basically like D and D in space. It's like it's super hard sci-fi and like you, you love comedy bebop. Yeah, you could be a space boy. You could be a space cowboy. You like a Star Wars? Hey, there's a class where you're basically like a Jedi wielder, but instead of using the Force, you manipulate the energies of the sun and black holes. It's like, oh my god, this so good and like um um it's, i think especially at my job with crit success i developed like this huge hardcore love for tabletop rpgs i mean i i've played them a lot before uh i i started playing i think it was like the first time i ever played dozen dragons was 2001 so i wanted to, that was like wow golly long middle time school ago. yeah very long time ago it was a 3.5 edition. Then uh, I dabbled a bit in Pathfinder. Uh, if you don't want to, oh, for, for Zach and for anyone who doesn't know, Pathfinder is like an offshoot of Dungeons & Dragons. So back when Dungeons & Dragons was the 3.5 edition, which is a very, very popular system at the back of the day. Uh, okay. But they shifted to 4th edition. I said the, for a couple, a couple, oh, then the license on... 3.5 was about to expire so a company or i guess like the company that began that it would later become paizo they bought the rights to 3.5 and they tweaked it and that became pathfinder which is another huge okay. fantasy pen and paper rpg system yeah um, i've heard about pathfinder a few times in the past yes like the main differences uh between D&D path art besides like the worlds and stuff um um pathfinder is a lot more crunchy it has like a lot more rules and stats and numbers and like some people mm-hmm. like love that kind of stuff for me i'm more all about the narrative and like the collaborative yeah, fair enough storytelling so um but yes i love tabletop rpgs so that's that's the uh, that's the tldr and you want to know the first time i played uh, D&D? yes uh, yeah uh, yes um uh, Zach, you played D anD D for the first time. Uh, Literally last night. yesterday. <laughs> yes. So, tell me, tell me about your your uh, your maiden voyage. So, I uh, I one of my day jobs is at a board game cafe in town here mm-hmm. in Auckland, 
and uh, I've been working there for like two years, and I know that they've regularly held D and D days. I just I can never seem to make my schedule work with it. It's just always on a day that I'm busy, or that if I'm not busy, I'm just so exhausted from a week, the week or whatever that I just don't make it out. But last night the stars aligned and I made it out, and it was just a total party kill. I'm not sure if that's a regular thing or if it's just something they do because I'm not well versed in the the D and D world. It's something. Yet, I mean, I mean, I mean. I guess it depends on the, on the DM, but like. And like the difficulty level, and also it just depends on luck. Like if you guys are rolling really badly, I mean I, that's the thing too. Sure. So yeah, it was just a uh, total party kill campaign, so a one-off, low commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't make up my own character and stuff. It was just they had a handful of slips of paper with uh, pre-made characters on them, and we just rolled their stats. But uh, like mm-hmm. the proficiencies were all set up and. It says, oh, you can speak these this many languages, and you can choose the languages. So mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit of customization. Choose the name and age and stuff. But, like, it, it was all pretty straightforward, so you could just kind of jump right in. Just read your card, basically, and get into it. And uh, oh, just to put a pin, were you playing 5th edition? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I would... I probably would surmise you were playing D&D 5th edition. Uh, just for... 5th edition came out... I guess when I, I want to say like middle of 2016, yeah, mm. at least 2016. Um, it's the it's the latest version of Dungeons and Dragons, and it's making Wizards of the Coast game busters amount of money because sure. it's very user friendly. It, it's it's meant to streamline the rules and to be super friendly for beginners and, and new time players. Uh, but it's it's not dumbed enough down it's not dumbed down enough where like it will satisfy the old school like the like right. e- even old school veterans like love all these changes and and facelifts and it's it's crushing it so i i'm i'm pretty sure it sounds like you were doing like a uh like a one shot and like with some pre-generated characters with fifth edition yeah basically so i mean uh if i start getting into what the story was and how i play it and stuff uh, it's gonna take me ages just because i over explain everything so i'll just say uh uh, what i thought was gonna be three hour uh adventure turned into four and a half hours and from what i hear that's not unusual (laughs) to go long yes cool Uh, that's one of the things that will be a nice well nice connective talking point and when we talk about interstitial like i love dozen dragons i love uh starfinder but one thing one of the things that i take umbrage with especially with combat is is like you know especially when you're in combat it takes like two hours to describe what happens in game time for like 10 minutes and sure sure yeah and then if you're like a story junkie like me it like really like breaks up or like throws off the pacing i mean it's still fun don't get me wrong but like things can get way longer than expected so if you're yeah, playing TD, but you know be sure to offload like a, a block giant block of time and have snacks ready and mm. stay hydrated because you, you're gonna be burning the you're in for a ride yeah that's what i hear it's it's interesting because when i was li- before i moved to new zealand uh you know, all my friends that i hung out with we were all kind of interested but none of us ever like actually gave it a go Mm-hmm. And after I moved to New Zealand, I found out like a year later that they had started a D and D group like every week or every other week. And I'm like, ah, why didn't we start this like five years ago? So <laughs> after I moved away, they all started it. Uh, uh, and then I started working at this game cafe here, and I've been working there for over two years now. And it's only mm-hmm. just yesterday that I've been, finally been able to make it work to get out to one. 
Mm. Um, well, I'm glad. And, I'm glad. Better late than never. Um, yeah, for sure. And for the better hat. Or for the better part of the last year, I've been listening to My Brother, My Brother, Me, and The Adventure Zone. Oh, so good! And, <laughs> and listening to The Adventure Zone has made me really want to try it. And yeah. so, like, I'm familiar with a lot of this stuff. So they didn't. So last night, even though it was my first time playing, they didn't have to explain a whole lot to me because I kind mm. of understood. And I mean, mm. I know not all like uh, actual play podcasts have like like D and D or uh, The Adventure Zone. They're very open about saying they go pretty loose and fast with the rules, and they don't necessarily stick to it. Yeah, time. well, yeah, but they they do it. Well, they're one. They're like they're really good with uh, disclosure. Like they they openly say yeah, like, sure. you know, with it with this being a podcast, you know, there's mm. various strengths and weaknesses, and yeah, for you sure. Know, they they basically they homebrew some stuff, or they play it loose with the rules because it yeah, sounds like they'll say better they'll as a narrative, as an audio. Uh, yeah, it they'll straight up say medium. like. This is, if we were playing strict D and D, then this is what should happen. But because we're an audio medium and we've got listeners who want to enjoy the show longer, we're going to do this instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fair. And, and again, so. like it's also, I mean, I think it just comes down to house rules. As in, in, oh yeah, for sure. You know, and everyone as as has house rules with any game. Yeah, for me, like when I GM, I I I know like Paizo and like Wizard of the Coast like work so hard to like make these beautiful modules and books. But I'm such a huge fan of homebrewing. Like, mm. like what? What is? I I live by the rule of cool, and so if players want to do something really ridiculous, you roll with it and broke it. Just no do it because we're here to have fun. And if you're if, even better, if it's if it's on tape, it's audio gold. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm all for it. Like uh, rule of cool, even if it's even if it's like super op. Like I'll maybe do. I'll. I'm tend to. I tend to be a super gen generous GM. So. Uh, I Which think it just it's generally just makes fun. for a more entertaining campaign. Exactly I, exactly. I actually, when I was uh, playing the Total Party Kill last night, I was looking around in a, in like a dungeon or something where this guy was being kept, and I learned that one of the two languages that I decided I could speak and read was Draconic, and in this area there was some ancient Draconic writing that no one else knew what it said, but because I knew it, I could kind of read it. And mm-hmm. so I did an investigation check on some of it and rolled a nat 20. And nice. I was like super, super stoked because I didn't expect on my first play to get a nat 20 mm-hmm. at anything. But I got that and he was like, the DM was like, well, because you rolled a 20, you can read here that there's a secret uh, area in here. So you, you know, push this, push the stone to the side and there's a secret passage in here. And there's a really special weapon that you could only find if you rolled a nat 20 at this moment. <laughs> oh, snap. Nice. <laughs> and I was nice. like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. It's so much better than getting, like, nat 20 on initiative. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so I, I was pretty stoked with that. That's, and, that's like, quite that, excellent. That, that high of getting a, a nat 20 at a, at a not crucial, but, like, a moment that you feel like it actually helped. Mm-hmm. So that that was really cool. And then, that, I think. And then the definitely Simon, added to the experience. Yes, or just the horror and like the the dread that happens when you roll a, a, a crit fail. You roll the one, yeah. and then you see like the the DM yeah. like like huddle behind his DM screen and be like, hmm, how, "What? How should I? How should I punish you for that one?" Yeah. Yeah, because it's a one-off, and he knew I hadn't played before. When I had a crit one, he just said, "Oh, you know, nothing happens. You fail." Oh, because he okay. didn't want to punish me too much. So he was—he was—he was going easy on me, which was All nice. Right. But you know, uh, if I keep going, if I can keep going, then we'll see how that goes in the future. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're starting to run long. Tell me about interstitial. Yes. So interstitial is. is so the full name of interstitial is uh, interstitial. Our hearts uh, entwined. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a it's a tabletop RPG module system uh, based on the powered by the apocalypse RPG system, and this is inspired by Kingdom Hearts. Uh, this was kickstarted earlier this summer, I think, like June, July, and it's held by or is, was written by Riley Hopkins. Um, and a bunch of Kingdom Hearts podcasting people and staff all worked on it. So Wheels from Got It Memorized uh, helped with it. Um, Shannon Maynard from Kingdom Smarts did some of the art. And so the main features of this game system, uh, it's focusing on interpersonal connections between people, uh, okay. the power of those connections, and travel uh, and traveling across different worlds. Uh, so very Kingdom Hearts-esque already. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. Yeah. So for those who haven't heard of Powered by the Apocalypse system, mm-hmm. um, it's an RP engine, RPG engine that prioritizes collaborative narrative storytelling over the more crunchy uh, numbers uh, that you see, oh, or D&D. numbers mechanics that you see in uh, D&D and Pathfinder. Is, so it's is this one. Uh, and again, I'm only familiar with this because uh, Griffin explaining things in the adventure zone when they're trying out new things. Cause I'm yes. currently listening to the mini arcs mm-hmm. in between uh, balance and amnesty. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, think is this the one where instead of like a d20 you roll 2d6 yes and it's like and the, one is a 2d6 failure and then there's mixed success yes. and then there's success exactly right. yeah yeah so like okay. 1d6 cool. if you roll a 1d6 is like a failure so the gm um role plays like a negative effects or they create they, they're allowed to do like a hard mood against the players as a sort of a punishment or like negative consequence like seven to nine is like a mixed success. So if you roll it, you do something, but then something else happens uh, that could hurt or harm you. And then a 10 is a total success. So there's only two dice that you need to use. The Powered by the Apocalypse system utilizes playbook guides. So these are specific guidebooks tied to specific archetype builds for your characters. And there are many, like the system is incredibly flexible to create any tor- on any sort of campaign uh I, th- I think to date i think there's at least like 16 official campaigns based on the engine system so like zach was saying uh for the mini arcs and for the official season two of taz uh it's based in the, a- the world of amnesty and this is based on the powered by the apocalypse monster of the week rulebook which is right. a system uh, heavily inspired by shows like Buffy Supernatural, where you play uh, a group of monster hunters and you fight a monster of the week. So the main spirit of Interstitial is like it's all about relationships and connections and traveling to new worlds and just seeing like the utter amazingness or like the other train wreckingness of like clashing or synergistic personalities and like strange settings and how people react and change and the kickstarter they say it's basically collaborative fan fiction and right which sounds awesome (laughs) it's so good oh my god and like if the ip the intellectual property theft and infringement is real but it's so good and like their main influences are um kingdom hearts super smash bros brawl subspace emissary and just crossover events inspired by comic books. 
the terms of like worlds you can go to like anything is free game it doesn't have to be like disney or square i don't want to give any spoilers but like some of the worlds the interstitial real play podcast where they're the same guy uh the same team is doing part of just for entertainment and for play testing they go to some really left field choices for worlds and it's just oh it's so good um you act out uh the story and in your relationships um and or your conflicts through the link system and the link system is like the backbone of how it's like the the main mechanic uh, of the game and it's the foundation for the narrative reasons of what you can do and uh, and like why you do like a particular action so it's divided to four main trees of, of links so and you can make links with fellow players you can make links with npcs and just like with relationships in life in general they can change um and they can adapt or they can be broken so you have uh light links uh, which represent positive relationships between like friends family significant others dark links which are links like they're like negative relationships between like rivals and enemies uh mastery links which which represent like teacher-student relationships and heart links which is a little bit more esoteric it's like a link of self self-reflection it's like how you view and analyze yourself by observing others so a good interaction would be uh let's say you observe someone uh and then you sit you think to yourself well he did that he she did this i'm not going to do that i'm going to do y or z and that's that's an example of a heart link you can use these links to activate moves uh, which are specific types of actions that um are uh, archetypes can do uh and there's like 10 or 9 or 10 different type of art uh, archetypes uh where you can build a template for your character and it's just really cool it's like it's i i i know this might sound like a lot of information thrown at you zach and the audits but like once you get past it, it's like incredibly flexible and robust system sure. and like just listen to interstitial just like the the stuff they're doing is just off the wall insane so mm. yes we need to play this and i just want to get your thoughts on that and just how i guess how with especially with your recent experiences with D, how does that connect to kingdom hearts like what's going through your head right now like whether it's like with this system or D D or just tabletop rpgs in general well i mean you you sent me some notes about uh interstitial and like i'm looking at the the one two three four five six seven eight nine different i'm not sure if these are classes or whatever but the, yeah the, the playbooks chosen, like the connected the chosen. yeah the playbook yeah so like i'm looking at those and i'm just thinking yeah you can tell that this is like good for kingdom hearts type thing uh mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the relationships that people can have light dark mastery and heart yep that fits mm-hmm. the the playbook the chosen, the connected, the dark, the discarded, the displaced, the friend, the light, the mystic, the other. I'm like, I can think of Kingdom Hearts characters to match basically all of those. Yes, so, and, it, and <laughs> yes, and like, like I can very uh, easily see it fitting in with that. Uh, I, I just, think if I were a more experienced D and D or tabletop veteran, I, I would be super keen to give it a go. But I feel like it'd be a bit much for me. Straight up, yeah, because like there, there, there so, are homebrew builds. Like in my in our show notes, um, someone for five e or fifth edition D and D, they homebrewed homebrewed some rules for a key, a keyblade wielder class and 
Yeah, uh, I just Kingdom opened Hearts. that right now. Yeah, and like, a, and like an entire Kingdom Hearts, uh, I guess, care. I'm not sure. The Kingdom Hearts homebrew rules I was kind of thrown off by. It's not It's not quite a... Well, it's a subclass. Okay, that makes more sense. I guess this is, this is a, a subclass you could use for the key bearer. Um, but I think... I think for, like Zach, you and I seem very uh, attracted and appealed, or uh, we we uh, just building a story, building a collective narrative is much more appealing to us. And like with the system, it's so easy; you just roll two dice, and depending on that roll, sure. you just make a story. And I think, um, I mean, yes, there's a GM, but I don't think there. I, I think compared to Dozen Dragons and Star, uh, like Pathfinder, Starfinder, uh, mm-hmm. I think like the the storytelling potential is a bit more democratized. Um, okay. I think there's a bit more or equal distribution of, of like storytelling uh, elements. Cause like when you're the DM, you, you give like the final say. And especially like I know with some in the DD community, there's a term called railroading, which is like, okay. I mean, th- I guess is you could tie this to like JRPGs as well, uh, where, you know, you have this promise, this potential of like instant possibility, but you're literally being driven through like linear paths into one story. And like, yes, that can work in some way. Like Taz is a perfect example where to fit the audio medium, mm-hmm. or like the audio drama, drama sort of medium, like Griffin had right. to railroad certain parts of the story but some people will just want to have like a more collaborative creative freedom and i think with power of the apocalypse that's something you can definitely do more easily and without the num without the fear of like going through tons of numbers and flipping through t- like tons of pages looking up rules and stuff i just i i i appreciate all the work that goes in but like i just want to make stories that's all i want to do <laughs> yeah <fair laughs> i i think I think uh, just based off my one playthrough last night, that was, like I said, a four or four and a half hour one-off campaign. Uh, I really enjoyed that as an introduction, mm-hmm. but uh, I'd really be keen to, and I could I could stand to do a couple more one-shots just to, again, get a better feel for things. Mm-hmm. But just playing that one, even though it was really fun, I could definitely see myself enjoying a lot more a campaign where I create my own character like mm-hmm. from scratch and get to pick my racing class and all that and go on an ongoing adventure because i can definitely see the appeal of that instead of being like okay i want to make plans for this character uh and the adventure's over mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so I, um, I again i definitely see the appeal of low commitment one shots but i definitely would be keen if i had the time which i don't at this moment <laughs> to, <laughs> to get involved in a proper ongoing group well, I think so, I think we it, we made it official on this recording. I think we have to do interstitial because you know I what? Think, if I think it hits all those buttons, we love Kingdom Hearts. We love making stories. We love like weird fan fiction kind of possibilities and left I tell you kind what, of stuff. I I think we should do this. And my, I think my, oh sorry, that's all right. I was gonna say my first introduction to like uh, real play or whatever it's called. Uh, Basically, D and D podcasting mm-hmm. was episode one hundred and one hundred one of Super Nerd Pals. Oh I yeah, had not listened to the Adventure Zone yet. I knew it was a thing, but I hadn't listened to it, and I didn't know it was such a widespread thing. I didn't know there were so many shows about playing D and D live. 
Uh, well, it, so this, my it's relatively... to it was you guys on Super Nerd Pals doing that. Yeah, and yeah. I, like I, I keep wishing you guys would have continued that, but I know it's difficult to do. So I like take it from if, me. I would love to do it in a heartbeat. Like if, if I in time had... we can make it work with the time zones and with everyone's schedules, then mm. I would love to collaborate with you guys oh, to do. We should, we should that do it. We should sometime. do it. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm uh like if it wasn't for my crazy, I haven't played in such a long time already, and you know that's the thing. You know when you're adult. Time's a luxury. I mean, you also have to make the time, but like life gets oh the, for sure life gets in the way of time. But like, yes, I I really miss you know just rolling dice, and I want I really want to do that again. And one of the things I really wanted to do, maybe this would be a nice way to close out the episode since we're running close to an hour already. Yeah, yeah, um, we're well over. <laughs> based, on, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, based on like on what you what what we reviewed with interstitial i mean we don't have the handbook i mean it's uh the i'm not sure when the full release uh after the kickstarter will be finished but right with this rudimentary knowledge of this of how it works or just or just like if you even if you had just like a broad strokes idea for any kingdom hearts inspired rpg it could be in the system it could be in D D. what would your character be like what weapon oh god i don't know Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, the easy way to go is key bearer and have a keyblade because everyone has a keyblade. But oh mm-hmm. man, I don't okay. know. I, I need to All think right, so, a little bit more. Uh, how about a, I go a first? Response. That's to to say I want to be a key bearer and have a keyblade is such a boring and cliche response. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 Kingdom Hearts. I mean, okay. Well, like, how about how about like I want to give it. I'm gonna. I was thinking about this in the car ride home because I I've been like binging uh interstitial a lot and like it got my brain like really turning so this is this is my if we're gonna play interstitial this is my build for a character so uh zach you you're very familiar with how much i love big hero 6 and how that's gonna be in kingdom hearts 3 so that's my jumping off point so uh my character is going to be stan lee from that (laughs) uh cameo scene and at oh, the end of gosh. Big Hero Six, where we find out that Stanley is uh, the dad of the kid who who's in the kaiju suit, and he used to be a superhero too. And how I want what I want for him is, um, are you familiar with My Hero Academia? The, the familiar anime? with it? Yes. Like, Seen it? No. Okay. So basically, it's like it's one of the biggest superhero anime or shonen anime out there. It's like it's in season well season three just happened it's sure. taking over the waves so i feel like you're leading into uh, for, you want to be all might yes yes so <laughs> i want i want um uh stan lee to be all might but like depowered, deflated all might but like he still has like sporadic bursts of power so like he'll like uh inflate like muscle mode like master roshi or like all might um that's awesome but and and um so I want to have Stan Lee, and he's going on like one last ride. He's coming out of retirement because like uh, San Francisco has been invaded by like ha- like billions of heartless, and like Team Heroes or Big Hero Six is going in one direction, and Stan Lee's like he's going out of retirement, and he's gonna help his son, and he's gonna partner with whatever oddball crew our party's gonna be. And um, he's gonna be wearing like the the same old school costume, and his keyblades could be like the 
like it's like a special keychain he attaches to it and then it transforms to two gauntlets and it's called like the heart of justice and he just punches people and like it and like it, like i don't know like it, like um there's a special ability called automatopia where like he punches people and then it leaves like bam this pow or like woof and then he can activate it later <laughs> and then like and then so like whatever wherever those automatic PR are slapped onto another pure person's body they feel the the pain so it's like they get hit twice so that's my build i, I want big hero six stanley and i think he'll he will have like dark links with all organization 13 and he's gonna be having a mastery link with all the youngsters because he he's been a hero for like 80 years and a yes. plus a <laughs> that's plus. my I build like it. very good um yeah no i definitely wouldn't yeah. have had that much thought put in yet okay it's but all good you know what i tell you what super nerd pals is up to episode i think like 150 something 160 maybe I, I don't remember the exact number anyway you guys did uh D for episode 100 we do interstitial mm-hmm. for 200 oh Yes, please. Plan, plan yes. for it. By that time, the Kickstarter will have, uh, hopefully, like, the game would be polished. It would be far enough along that it should be released proper. Oh, my gosh. Episode uh, 200. We'll work toward it. Yes. And we'll, we, we'll I mean, Keyblade Weeder, it's, 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 I mean, everyone is artificial. Well, actually, well, in the Real Play podcast, uh, you have three Keyblade wielders. But, like, and what's great about it, you can have... You could have like a homebrew version of an existing character, like I did, and you could create someone completely original. So, like the sky's the limit, mm. Zach. Well, I'll Maybe. learn that the more I get into the D and D rabbit hole. Yes, we will get on it because I miss rolling dice, and yeah, we need to good. nurture your dice. We, your, your addiction to it is gonna be great. To, maybe I need to buy my first dice soon. <gasps> yes. <laughs> um. So we're well over. We'd wrap things up. Uh, where can listeners find you online? Uh, so you can find me as part uh, anywhere uh, on the Super Ner- Super Nerpaz network. Uh, specifically nowadays, uh, you can find me on Left for Dread. So we're on SoundCloud.com/slash/LeftForDreadPod, LeftForDreadPod on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook.com/LeftForDread. My personal Twitter is Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. Um, I'm not really on Twitter that much, but but you're I'll, there. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pop in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. I love that you just hit me up the other day and were like, "Hey, do you want to guest? I want to talk about stuff because that's <laughs> awesome." I I, I, I really enjoy. Like, I I've been I'm so happy that you're part of the network and you're and you're episodes have been so great you've been having a lot of cool guests and uh you had your uh kenny hearts reaction um episode the other day and just it's you're you're doing it you're doing as proud potter family i love the show and i appreciate you great work zach (laughs) thank you for having me on it's it's been a pleasure and honor so this has been episode 11 episode 12 of kingdom hearts and other stuff you can find the show on twitter at chaos cast that's chaos with a k and you can find me as well at Zachary P. Lyons. That's L-Y-O-N-S. Chaos is part of the Nerd Pals Network, which you can find at nerdpals.network and by searching for Super Nerd Pals on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And you can also check out Super Nerd Pals, hosted by Stan Kaderski, Andy Carasquillo, Ryan Marlowe, and Chris here. Woo! And Left for Dread, the horror podcast hosted by Chris and Ryan. And thank you one more time for coming on, Chris. Well, thank you, Zach, and like, rate, share, subscribe, 
follow yeah, Zach. Yeah. He's amazing. All that stuff. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Woo, chaos. And thank, and thank you, whoever you are listening right now, for listening to Kingdom Hearts and other stuff. May your heart be your guiding key. Laters.